Welcome to the Marriage Steps Podcast. We're developing a long-lasting, happy relationship as the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. The six steps are establishing a covenant foundation, owning your brokenness, learning to share power, developing emotional attachment, cultivating sexual fireworks, and staying in love. The six steps are covered at my total marriage refresh seminars in Dallas and in Denver. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, licensed psychologist and marriage counselor. For more marriage resources, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com, and follow me at facebook.com forward slash Dr. Wyatt Fisher or on Instagram at Dr. Wyatt Fisher. Today, I'm going to focus on the top three times when separation and divorce are recommended. As you're listening to this podcast, obviously, you know I'm pro-marriage, I'm trying to make an impact by lowering the divorce rate, and it can sometimes perhaps give the impression that divorce is never okay, but that's not true. There is a time and place for separation and possibly divorce, so I want you to know when that's okay in case you are in this situation yourself. So marriage step number one is establishing a covenant foundation, and within that step, That step covers how are you approaching marriage? Are you approaching it as a contract or a covenant? The contract approach to marriage for review is approaching marriage as I'm committed as long as I feel good, as long as I feel in love, as long as my needs are met. As long as I am happy, I'm committed. That's the contract approach. The moment I'm not happy, the moment I'm not feeling in love, the moment my needs are not met, I'm out. That's the contract approach. That's how most of us approach marriage. In contrast, the covenant approach says, I'm committed to you long-term, lifelong. I want this to be a lifelong commitment we're striving towards, and I know we're going to go through seasons of summer, fall, winter, and spring. But when we go through those, that doesn't mean we have to get divorced. That means we have to dig in deeper and work through those issues to reestablish a healthier marriage. That's the long-term approach. That's the covenant approach to marriage. So that's obviously the approach I encourage, and there's benefits to the covenant approach. One of the benefits is a long-term commitment attitude breeds security. If your spouse is constantly threatening divorce, that breeds insecurity. But in contrast, if you know they're in it for the long haul, that breeds security. And when we feel more secure, we become more vulnerable. We share more. We're more open. So that cultivates more emotional intimacy, which leads to more sexual intimacy. So there's a lot of benefits on the covenant approach. Another benefit to the covenant approach is it gives you a chance to refine your flaws. A lot of people who jump from marriage to marriage to marriage never get refined because their brokenness They carry that with them from relationship to relationship to relationship instead of staying in the same relationship and working on themselves. So that's another top benefit to this long-term approach to marriage is it gives us a chance to be refined because marriage is the ultimate refinement tool. Now, within the covenant approach, there's three exceptions where separation and possibly divorce are allowed and expected. And I'm going to go through those today. They're called the three A's. The first A is abandonment. Now, abandonment is when your spouse disappears. You come home one day and they're gone. You don't know where they went, or maybe you do know where they went, but you get home and they have moved out. 
Nothing you can do about it. It's already happened and they're out of there. That's abandonment. So obviously, if your spouse abandons you, you're already separated and that's probably gonna lead to divorce because they're already gone. And most of the time, we don't even know where they went. So that's abandonment. That's the first A where separation and divorce are expected because there's nothing you can do on average in that type of situation. That's the first one. The second exception where separation and possibly divorce are encouraged and expected is when there's adultery. Now, when there's adultery, there's a few things to consider. One is that any level of adultery, whether it's emotional affair all the way up to a sexual affair, it rocks the foundation of a marriage like nothing else. The betrayed spouse experiences PTSD symptoms, which stands for post-traumatic stress disorder, which is the exact same thing people experience when they're in war and when they're in natural disasters because PTSD is created when you have no control and all of your security just got ripped out from under your feet. So affairs do the same thing to a marriage. So affairs are the most toxic thing that can happen to a relationship and the only hope of an affair being recovered is if the person who had the affair is completely broken and remorseful for what they've done. Obviously, within a marriage, both people can be responsible for increasing the risk or a susceptibility of an affair occurring. However, the person who has the affair, it's always their choice. If you're unhappily married, it's still your choice to walk outside the marriage and have an affair. You can't blame that on your spouse. Perhaps your spouse was doing things that increased your susceptibility to an affair, but it's still your choice. Therefore, if you are not remorseful, and I'm talking on your knees, remorseful for what you've done, healing is not possible. And I've seen this with couples I've worked with, where one person will have an affair and they're not remorseful. They're almost spiteful about it and they're indignant about it and they're uncooperative about it and they're not apologetic about it and they expect their spouse to just get over it and stop talking and that is completely unrealistic unless you are broken and remorseful about your choice of having the affair you need to have a separation because you are not your heart is not in the right spot for healing. So if that's you listening, this is the second exception where separation is recommended. If your spouse has had an affair and they are not completely broken and remorseful over what they've done, you should have a separation. Because ideally that separation will get their attention and then they need to decide what they're going to do. Are they going to go back to the affair person or are they going to take ownership for what they've done? be broken about it and show sincere remorse on their knees so that you can work through the healing process. So that may be some of you listening. So if there's there if there's adultery without sincere remorse, a separation is often recommended. The third category where separation is recommended and it may lead to divorce is when there's abuse. So abuse is an umbrella term and it can cover many different facets. The first one, which is the most obvious when you hear the word abuse, is physical abuse. So domestic violence. Anytime there's domestic violence, separation is recommended. Safety comes first. If you feel that your safety is at risk, 
you need to have a separation and often you need a restraining order. You need to consult with a local counselor and contact the domestic violence hotline. You may need to contact a lawyer. But your safety comes first. So if you're in a domestic violence situation, your safety needs to be top priority. The second thing that needs to happen with domestic violence is the offending party needs to go through treatment. They need domestic violence treatment. And if they do not have a teachable attitude and they're not taking ownership, then that's going to seal the fate most likely of the relationship. Because if you have a separation because of domestic violence, the only way you would feel safe going back into that relationship is if you feel like your partner is really broken and remorseful and has gone through treatment to change. If they have not done that, you do not want to take the risk of living with them again because you may be putting yourself in harm's way again. So that's physical abuse. The other category is emotional abuse. You may be married to someone who who just rips you apart when they're upset and calls you names and gets nasty to you again and again and again. And obviously that is emotional abuse. The other category of abuse that's not talked about very much is neglect. Neglect in a severe form is also a type of abuse. And neglect can include your top needs. So whatever your top needs are, perhaps that's emotional connection, perhaps that's sexual connection. If you've expressed that repeatedly to your partner and it's falling on deaf ears, or if they're emotionally abusive to you and you've expressed your distaste for that and how much it hurts you repeatedly and it's falling on deaf ears, you need to see a counselor. And ideally, through that counseling process, you can learn new skills, you can figure out why your concerns are falling on deaf ears, your partner ideally can start becoming more sensitive to your needs, they can start curbing their behavior, perhaps you're contributing to some of the dynamics that you're not aware of. However, if you see a counselor for three to six months and your spouse is still emotionally abusive or they're still neglectful to your top needs, then you need to have a separation. Because oftentimes, again, that separation can get their attention and they can choose at that point, are they going to want to work hard for this marriage and take ownership for their part and change and be more sensitive to your needs? Or are they going to be stubborn and hard-hearted and not change? So that's another time if you know you've gone through, you've gone through counseling three to six months and they're still not receptive and they're still not changing, then by all means, you need a separation. And if they still don't change, then most likely that's going to lead to divorce. Being married and staying married needs to be viewed as a privilege. And so many people in marriage start to coast. Similar to getting tenure at a position. When people get tenure, they start to coast. And their sloppy habits come in. And that's how it can be in marriage. But you have options. So if you are in marriage and you experience abandonment or adultery, or abuse. Separation is recommended. And if there's not a ownership or a brokenness or remorse or sensitivity to being more attuned to what you need after that separation, then the next step often is divorce. If you enjoyed the episode today, please scroll down and click the five stars. The more positive reviews I receive, the higher the podcast will appear in search results so others can find it and receive tools for their marriage. If you believe in this podcast and want to help me reduce the divorce rate, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com 
forward slash marriage steps. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash marriage steps. Depending on your level of support, you will receive a public thank you, a free podcast t-shirt, or two free tickets to my next Total Marriage Refresh seminar. Also, if this podcast has made a positive impact on you and your relationship, I would love to hear from you at info at drwyattfisher.com. So please send me an email. And remember, your marriage is a living organism. If you care for it, it will thrive. And if you don't, it will die. The choice is up to you. Take care.